Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, you fruity little crumbles, to Cop On Podcast. This is Cop On Podcast after Brighton 3, Liverpool 0. We were lucky to get out of it. There were mutinous voices and mutinous keyboard warriors flexing their samurai skills across the world. Uh, but we're going to start with a poem by the excellent Jamaican poet Kay Miller from the book The Cartographer Tries to Map a Way to Zion. And wouldn't it be nice to get there? This poem is called What the Map Maker Ought to Know. On this island, things fidget, even history. The landscape does not sit willingly as if behind an easel, holding pose, waiting on someone to pencil its lines, compose its best features or unruly contours. Landmarks shift, become unfixed, by earthquake, by landslide, by utter spite. Whole places will slip out from your grip. I'm joined by Alan. I'm joined by Jack Mack, uh, Anfield Road TV. Absolutely wonderful to have you both here, guys. Um, Alan, uh, we spoke yesterday on, on the Dugout uh, football channel. Hello, Doug. And we were asked for our prediction for the, for this game at the end of Doug's show. I said 4-1. Um, you tried to be optimistic earlier, Alan, but just before we started recording, you said you were just kidding yourself and you knew it at the time, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's not unexpected to get beaten and thoroughly beaten, but it still hurts nonetheless, right? Uh, yeah, I'm still numb. Uh, just really really i don't know i think it's it's harder when you know it's coming isn't it it's, it's, you know um it's just as i said i was trying to be positive I put up in our chat we'd win 3-1 but it was kind of trying to cheer myself up i think as well as everybody else but um no surprise no nothing i don't know i just thank god you didn't do it an hour after the show because you would have to have a bleep machine i can tell you because <laughs> i was fuming today i was just absolutely fuming it's it's not uh it's not the it's 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 the manner of the defeat, and I think I think Jack said that last night too. Like it's it's the manner of these defeats that we take. Um, like today, you're right, Jack. Today, the manner of the defeat is what really got me. Just shocking, absolutely shocking. I'm well, spe speechless for once. <laughs> I mean, well said, well said, um, Jack. Uh, I don't know. Are the wounds still raw and throbbing for you? Um, thank you for having me on, mate. Great to speak to you again, Alan, and everyone listening. As I said, just try and enjoy your weekend. Um, obviously, uh, I done my post-match. It was a five-minute video. I didn't want to spend any more time on it in reality. And I did. I think it was last night I went 3-1 Brighton. Last night, in all honesty, with my prediction. Uh, I think all of us, we, we watched this Liverpool team this season and We've not really been accustomed to seeing these type of performances in reality, especially in the tenure, Jürgen Klopp as well. And this notion that I've been seeing on social media, 
of Jürgen Klopp out, no. I, I don't think since section of our fan base actually understand how far we have come under this man. It's a case, and us three, and we've done plenty of podcasts, all, all of us, everyone listening, we all know the frailties in Liverpool's team, and that's the midfield, and obviously investment in the right areas, but we'll speak about that tonight. But yeah, disappointing, uh, echo the words of Alan as well, mate. Um, I anticipated this result because... You're putting square pegs in round holes in that midfield. I anticipated Brighton's midfield to absolutely steamrollers, and that's very much what they did tonight. Um, whoever you bring in, I don't think at the minute, <laughs> not until it happened, mate. But yeah, we'll, we'll discuss it tonight, mate. But I anticipated it. That's why I'm I'm absolutely raging inside, mate. But I like every single one of us. It wrecks our weekend. We go into work. With your mates, especially your man, especially considering how, how good Man United and the other lot are playing. But as I said, I, I just hope Jurgen Klopp doesn't walk away because he loves this club so much. And that image, Owen, don't know if you've seen or anyone listening or Alan, obviously of him going to the Travelling Cop um, at the Amex tonight, apologising. He has got nothing at all that man to apologise for um, at all. Um, but Absolutely. Yeah, I'm just disappointed I mean, Diego, most importantly, mate. Yeah, I mean, no one's Clop Out uh, in Cop On podcast. You may as well rename it Clop On. He's got all of our support, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's, it is, it is. yeah, I mean, don't give your heads a wobble if you are uh, Clop Out, because you might lose your only brain cell out your ear. Um, Graham Rogers is in the comments. Uh, great to have you with us, Graham. He says, I can't believe that this is going on week after week and there is is a great comment and there is an element of that i mean it's i'm in two minds about that very thing the fact that this has been going on for ages i just had a quick look because we were going live on youtube and you know like previous videos came up and it was one from two months ago saying liverpool's struggles continue i mean we had that big break um, you know, why 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 haven't we fixed anything? Um, is it just because it's just a very simple answer, Alan, that we just don't have the personnel. And so, um, you know, we have to run the midfielders we do have into the ground and they've been run into the ground. And now they're, you know, a couple of feet below the ground because they've been, you know, their tread has created such a groove. What's the, why is, why is this, why, why does it keep happening, Alan? Gosh, it's just a million dollar question. Uh... So just to go back on what Jack said there about Klopp, people thinking about, you know, Klopp out, you, it just reminds me of the Dortmund managing director or whatever he was, director of football, saying in an interview a year after Klopp left that in hindsight, we should have sacked every player and kept Klopp, not let Klopp go. Like, And I think that's what some of um, our fans need to understand, that there was nobody, nobody out there like Klopp. You know, it didn't matter if we get the money that Chelsea have now. If you haven't got Klopp, you're at nothing. You know, that's first of all. As for what's happening to us, Jesus, I don't know. Like like you said, the first game of the season against Fulham, we, we were saying all this stuff. We we all know that the midfield has fallen apart for two seasons now, at least. Um, we haven't learned our lesson from the centre-back thing two seasons ago, where we left it to the last day of January to sign Quebec and... Ben Davis, who I couldn't even remember his name up until last night. Um, I know we needed to buy cover because Diaz and and uh, Yota are injured, but you know that 35 million on Gapo could have went on a, a midfielder because, as we've been saying, 
you've said it on Jack said it all the lads the whole world knows we need at least two midfielders and now what we're 17th 18th of January they're all the windows open and no midfielder it's just it's, it's, it's something that I just can't get my head around and in defence of Jorgen as well I don't know if it's something that um, what do they call writer's block where you're when you're in there you don't see it um, so I don't know if it just needs a good friend of his or someone just to give him a shout and say look stand back a bit look at it from outside for for a game or two or something but when you're trapped in the middle of a situation we all are in life it doesn't matter if it's a relationship or whatever when you're in the middle of it you can't see some things and so if I have any little criticism of Jorgen it's just that he needs to step back a bit and rethink a few things but I'm 100% behind him yeah, I mean, you know, there are certain certain things that that we we have to criticise, or you know, we not we have to. <laughs> it's just if we're talking about the game and we're thinking about the game, there were you know just pretty obvious errors. One today was you know not starting Cater and and, and persisting with with Henderson and and Fabinho. Um, Tiago's been playing well, so of course Tiago can start. But what have they done to? really keep their places uh jack i don't know i was on because when henderson was in i don't I, I wanted to just keep a hawk's eye on him in that first half so i was on hendo watch um and i've got notes that i can share with the people who are watching and i can share uh maybe i can maybe i can't oh no i can't i just have to read a couple of them out but Basically, his first touch, he gave the ball away with a needless, lofted ball, um, completely aimless. Uh, and then um, that gave the ball to Brighton. And then from their first attack, the ball just went past him so easy, easily. That was 38 seconds into the match where he had been um, a ghost defensively and he'd given possession away. Um, you know, and then, you know, he didn't get anywhere near. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not looking for things he's done badly. This is literally a list of his contributions in the first half. So the next time he got anywhere near the ball was on four minutes, 48 seconds, where he had this wild swing first time, this high ball forward. Again, it gave the ball away. Um, then on from six minutes 40 to seven minutes there was a 26 sorry a 20 second period a period of 20 seconds where he missed three tackles um after 10 minutes estupinan played a simple one two around hendo and if you notice if if anyone is brave or um what's the word masochistic enough to watch that back you watch how brighton just targeted hendo with the one two around him because it's so easy to do. He gets pulled towards the ball of the first man. You play a one-two, and because he's taken the step up to the first man, there's a huge space behind him, and he gets nowhere near the ball. And for me, it's sad, because I have another, like, I don't know, like 20 involvements he had in that first half, um, and three were good. Um, he played one great pass that released Salah, um, and I and that led to our best moment of the first half with Oxley Chamberlain missing the rebound. It could have been a penalty. I don't know. I didn't really see it back. He played that great pass, and he made two decent interceptions. After he made the interceptions, he then hoofed it away where he could have taken a 
touch he could have found someone he panicked and hoofed it which is fair enough after making a decent interception that's how the english players are trained after all from a young age which is very poor in my considered opinion or you know maybe maybe not but uh jack henderson is there a way back because i really want there to be i really want him to turn into a good player again because he has been fantastic for us he just mm. looks knackered and past it yeah and um, just to quickly bring back to what alan said before it's a great analysis really in terms of i think jürgen needs people around them as well first and foremost mate to actually identify and tell them the right issues mate but you look at Brighton's uh, midfield and we notice a name that we used to have on our books, didn't we? A certain Adam Lalana, who in that system, in that team, I know he hasn't played quite a lot, but when he's fit, he's very instrumental to the way in which they play. Systematically, I think Lalana, it's no it's by no chance. You only have to listen to the interviews and how how much Lalana meant to Jurgen Klopp when you hear his name ushered to him with a massive smile on his face, I think. <laughs> What's his value? Is he a £50 million midfielder? I think we'd snap your hands off for an Adam Lallana. Adam Lallana at the minute. That's how desperate Liverpool's um, were playing at the minute, mate. Systematically for Henderson, I feel in a game where Liverpool are controlling a game and we're 3-0 up long-term, then I think there's very much a case in point to bring on Henderson. But I think... With Liverpool have struggles, and it's just Henderson. It's a whole team ethos from a tactical sense as well. Speak about the tactics tonight. And similar with Gapo and certain players within this system. We played at our best, and we all know this the last couple of years, is when we're all together. It's very disjointed in reality. You, you, I think it was the Wolves game where you got Henderson bursting out of position, trying to overcompensate. And we know Henderson is not the most technical gifted players in world football. But what he did offer you was legs. And I think at this moment in time, we need more than just legs. I think we need and need a lot more control. We just need players with the most fundamentally the quality, first and foremost, mate. I think there's a lot, a lot to go on it, mate. But I just don't want to be picking our Henderson because it was a whole team collective performance to it to me, mate. But I think We'd Don't get me to, wrong, sorry yeah. to interrupt. Don't get, I'm definitely not picking oh, on no, Henderson. Not. He no, was just not. the guy yeah. I had my eye yeah. on. I yeah. bet if I had had my eye on other people, it would have been yeah. just as bad. Yeah, and I'd agree with it, Owen. I would have personally, I think we spoke about that last night on Doug's show. Um, yes, you can talk about Naby leaving the football club and certain midfielders leaving the club. But if he's fit, Naby, you spend all that money because if he's leaving in six months, play the lad. And fair enough, hook him off like we did against when we played Real Madrid all those months ago when he's having a stinker. Then you can make a change and bring potentially Henderson on. You never know. It's all left butts and maybes, really. But, yeah, it's disappointing, mate. And, yeah, quite frankly, it, it all comes down to, as every Liverpool fan knows, we've done all the podcast boys, haven't we? Um, and as we've alluded to, if we look back on our videos from a couple of weeks ago, it's exactly um, the writing was on the wall first game in the season against Fulham for me, mate. And it's I just can't put my finger on it, mate. I don't think any of us can in reality. But it's um yeah, you would think Henderson being a leader, but at the minute, even with injuries, there doesn't really no leaders at all, which was mad to think because there's quite a lot of captains in that squad. Um but when 
The only shining hope is uh, lads as well is if I think hopefully Liverpool can come out better in this period. I think every great squad or every difficult man, you look at Ferguson, they were a couple of weeks away from sacking him five years into his tenure and then look what happened. So well, it's it's disappointing, mate. I think we've just got to ride this form and obviously but it all stems down to FSG need to be back in Jürgen Klopp. That midfield, as we know, frankly, not good enough. Well, it really isn't. And and FSG, I mean, we can talk about them um, before we go. I want to go through some 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 of the footy. When we talked a lot in the last cop on about our emotions and how down everyone was and, and, you know, different things that we could do maybe to fix it. But we'll talk about the football today, you know, what happened in the game as a way of, you know, highlighting the things that, are going horribly wrong and you know hopefully some solutions and you know as you say putting your finger on it jack we can we'll be able to do that um but uh fsg alan um shawnak our friend in our in our whatsapp group if anyone wants to join our whatsapp group just send me an email coponpodcast at gmail.com or get in touch on twitter at coponpodcast of course you can join you're welcome um uh, Sean is our friend. Uh, he's in Canada and he unfortunately couldn't make it, but he did send a, a great message. He said, Klopp, it's all about FSG. He's been an FSG outer for for a long time. Um, and that's absolutely fine. I mean, if you're FSG in, FSG out, you're all welcome on Cop on Podcast. And Sean says, Klopp pulled miracles with a little budget net spend we've had in comparison to our rivals. The sell-to-buy stroke low net spend policy has held us back and Klopp's magic can only last so long. As I've said before, a classic example is when we were top of the league in Christmas 2020, this is as Alan was saying, heading into the transfer window with a centre-back crisis and the best they could back him with was Kabak and Davis. I don't believe this would be the case at our rivals. No one is asking FSG to sign Mbappe in Holland, but just back Klopp the way a big manager at a big club deserves to be backed. If anyone can actually say that FSG are the right owners who will back us to win again, then kudos to them, because I don't see it. If we say we're the biggest club in England, there's nothing wrong in acting like it too. And I think that was absolutely beautifully well put by Shawnak there. What do you make of it, Alan? What do you make of those words? Yeah. Hello, Shawnak. I've seen that today. It was brilliant. Um, hello to everybody in Canada as well. Uh, beautiful country. Um, yeah, I couldn't put it any better myself. Um, you know, it's uh, FSG. I, I, I was not an FSG out person, but for the last year or so, I've started to, to think that way. You know, like, I'm supporting Liverpool since 1977. I was seven years of age. My brothers had me supporting Leeds, but I've seen Liverpool play when I can tell you, and I love Red, and I fell in love with them, and that was it. It's my memories. And I've seen a lot of lot of good teams, average teams. But the one thing I've never seen is a good team that didn't buy players when we're strong. Any team needs to, to buy players when you're strong. You don't, you don't buy... You don't wait till your midfield is decimated and old to go and buy players. So I agree with what Shalak was saying there. Like we should be spending 70, 80 million every season for the last, every window for the last five years. We've had the Nike money, 
which we fell out with New Balance over, which I didn't agree with. The year we won the title, we we had Redbird Capital. We're supposed to get all this money to spend. I I don't remember seeing any of it. We sold Coutinho, which was at the time with the crazy money was fantastic, and we bought Allison and. Van Dyke. But after that, like we have not strengthened year on year to have players ready for the next season. Like the most Harvey Elliott is the type of player that should be bought for two years' time, not to be playing ninety minutes now in a decimated midfield, getting criticized by fans. Like if we had two proper midfielders bought from last season, ready for this season, you would have the likes of Harvey and players like that coming in for twenty minutes here and there. Plus Henderson, who, like Jack said, Henderson should be coming in for the last 30 minutes of the game to finish it off, sew it up, play when there's an injury. But FSG have just, I think for the last two seasons, particularly since the Super League stuff, but for the last two seasons, I think they've they've just settled. The only money they've put into us is into the stadium, which we all know, and we said it last night in Doug's channel too, that's that's an investment in your selling on profit. That's an investment in your house. You do up your house, you keep it right, you extend it for selling it to make more money. And I think FSG have settled, say, two, year, two years ago, they just settled, right? We've enough money now, we're going to make big profits. So for me, at the moment, I've changed. I'm FSG out now at the moment. And, and I don't want an investment. I want them to sell. Because well, okay, yeah, but there's an interesting comment coming in from from Johnny. Johnny Retro, hello, Johnny. Um, he wants Qatar in, um, and I asked if he would be affected by Qatar's human rights record, and he says no, because if we want to play with the big boys, then we need the cash. Um, is it as simple as that, Alan? I mean, would you be okay with that? This this is pulling at my heartstrings very much. Um, I I I don't like that sort of money, but at the same time, I'm uh, I'm old and wise enough to know that there's nobody out there that has billions of pounds that are not involved some way in in something like that. You know, like SFG might be, um, how would you say it? It might look clean, but I'm sure they have lots of investments in places that we wouldn't be happy with. So I don't like the idea of it, but I don't I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm never going to stop supporting Liverpool, but I would prefer if we got someone else, some consortium or something. But at this stage, we need something. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's very it's very interesting, isn't it? I mean, the, for me, I'm someone who does believe in human rights. You know, I do. I do think that people do. People are equal, and there is an element of Liverpool and Liverpool's philosophy and Bill Shankly's philosophy that has resonated with me for all of my life that you know if you work hard you can you can share the 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 fruits of your labor together of course having rampant capitalists in charge of us goes against that philosophy anyway but i think qatar and you know given the fact that people actually died to make that world cup happen let alone um you know whatever your your morality is uh you know regarding i think it's awful the treatment of lgbtq plus people and and other people um so it's it's difficult and it's always difficult to uh, to put a moral um you know stance on anything in this planet because you know at some stage you can always be shown to be a hypocrite in one way or another as i've discussed before but jack i think fsg 
they've got a reputation of being the smartest guys in the room, and they certainly were when they appointed Jurgen Klopp and managed to, you know, back him to build this incredible team that we've seen be absolutely beautiful from 2018 to 2022. But RIP this team, and it's blatantly obvious that we need major surgery. I think it would be obvious to FSG as well. And the question is, Jack, would you like them to find the investment? And would it be okay if they turn I mean, 200 million is the figure that's been um, bandied about by um, a Christian guy from uh, that Christian um, journalist. I, I can't remember his surname from Build. Um, would that be enough? Are you happy with that? Or, or do you want, uh, you know, as Johnny's saying, Qatar in and have an endless pot of moolah? It's, um, we all know football as we know it sold its soul to the devil 20 years, 30 years ago with Sky Sports. And even prior to that, even in the 1950s, there's always been corruption within sports, any global sport organization where there's money involved, there's, there's corruption. Yeah, but the morality of the modern day football fans, I think every fan around the world is very hypocritical. I think all of us have been as well. And yeah, it's going to be a case in point, mate. I want them gone. I'd agree with Alan. Um, And I've always, for the last two, three years, I've done a video years ago demanding FSG back to Jurgen Klopp because I said then, and that was prior to us winning the Champions League and the Premier League, I said, back this man and he will deliver you success. And he very much did do that. I think I might have to do another video like that, especially with a couple of weeks of the window to go, mate. Um, I don't think any club, especially in the Premier League now, you listen to obviously the, the head officials, I think I've seen a La Liga president that was in charge at La Liga saying, Basically, there's so much money in the Premier League that the value of any player in the modern era, every club outside, every league outside the Premier League is very much rubbing their hands together because even the La Liga presidents don't actually understand how much money they're baffled to a certain extent as well, mate. They are flabbergasted in reality to see the amount of money getting pumped in. And we're very much, Liverpool will in the next five to ten years, very much become a top ten, top fifteen team. I feel I spoke to you last night, boys, as well on Doug Show. FSG were extremely lucky, extremely lucky to get Jürgen Klopp in. He just he was on the he was on the market. It was either him or Ancelotti, and I think what he meant to Dortmund, what he meant to Mainz, you never walk alone. It was a match made in heaven. Um, as Alan alluded to, very similar with Shankly, ethos, what he stands for as a, as a person, his type of player he brings in, what he expects from those players. If he is to walk, which I think he will in the next couple of weeks, or um, it's going to be a very dark day for Liverpool Football Club. And if it is the case, and these owners allow, or people running the football club, allow Jürgen Klopp to walk away They'd never sack him because I tell you what, Liverpool fans, all of us around the world, they go before Jürgen Klopp ever goes, in all honesty. We've chased out once two set of Cowboys a very long time ago in 2010, 2012. Then we'll do it again, in all honesty, because they've been taking Jürgen Klopp for granted and they've been taking, for me personally, these are my thoughts, been taking Liverpool Football Club 
and Jürgen Klopp are very much granted for the last part of the last five years. He's overachieved in my expectations in reality for the amount of money he's not spent. Absolutely. And you've got to just wonder where is this money? I mean, you know, it, we had the Nike deal, we had the Redbird Capital deal we got to three champions league finals winning one of them we won the premier league we finished second a couple of times as well which is also a shed ton of wonga as they say and you've got to think well where where is it okay they invested in a new training ground in a haunted area of liverpool they've uh built the new stand and and kudos for that because the new stand it looks like it's it's really on track to be finished and there's that guy on youtube sorry i forget his name uh, does brilliant drone footage uh, of, uh, you know, from Stanley Park of all the latest developments. Love those vids. And it looks great. It really does. It looks great. But, like, it's just clear. I think already the fact that we haven't signed a midfielder already, they didn't have them lined up, is already a dereliction of duty. But if it gets to, I think there are some protests planned for next week for the next home game. I should uh, interject there, though. Sorry, yeah, please do. Yeah, please, yeah um, anytime. I can only speak for myself, but uh, and it's it is there's going to be what is I don't everyone listening. Let us know what is your <laughs> when's the last penny going to be dropping? Uh, when is enough enough for you as a fan? Uh, I don't know how you lads feel, mate, but I think it's a massive twenty four hours. For me, and I know we've already spoke about Jordan Henderson, we know the amount of work he's done for the NHS. He is a leader of men. He's a leader of Liverpool Football Club. He's like us, and he wants to be surrounded by the best players. Jordan Henderson's not an arrogant man. He will very much know if his time has come to become the Milder role. Of course, he won't like it, but he's not an arrogant man to say, oh, no, go on, sodger. He internally tonight, he'll be probably throwing a couple of plates or whatnot, a couple of balls. Like, he internally, I think there's a massive crisis in the next way. Well, if there hasn't, if even the probably audio has already been quite very big discussions, but tonight and Sven coming out, of course, we know that it's not even, yes, it's the players have got to take responsibility, but. But even if it was a case, boys, and everyone listening, if it was a case where Liverpool were like, oh, sad, or Jürgen Klopp, legally, I'm not a legal expert or whatnot, if there was something happening behind closed doors where the ownership is getting transferred in the next six months, then fair enough. I think someone needs to take responsibility, and that's very much done to be become Jordan Nenson. If it's an interview, if he has to speak out of tone, probably break a load of contracts or whatnot, put his career on the line, not from us, but in terms of the football club going, right, you've spoke out a line or whatnot, because he's already done it against FSGs, remember? Remember the um, the Super League? He was one of the key figureheads, but yeah, disappointing, mate. But I think it will come a point in the next couple of weeks or next couple of hours where Jordan Henson will very much come out fighting. Perfect job for James Milner, 37 mm-hmm. years of age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> agreed. That's what I'd be doing if I was Milner. Yeah. Like, if yeah. I knew who was going or wasn't getting a contract, just, just put it on the line. <laughs> I don't know. I think that might go against uh, Jimmy Milner's, uh, you know, insane sense of professionalism to go against his employer like that. But it's a very, it's a very interesting thing. And if FSG, I don't know, because it was only a couple of weeks ago that Klopp was uh, alluding to the fact that the future actually looks really bright for Liverpool in terms of investment. We're just going to have to be patient. Maybe that's a line that FSG were. We're spinning Jürgen, 
Um, Alan, can you see it? Because it's it's bloody obvious to absolutely everyone. It's got to be obvious to them that if they want to keep Liverpool as a cash cow, then they're going to have to invest a lot of money. Can you see it happening? Or are they just going to shut up shop and look for the best investor they can and the highest profit and sayonara, Alvida saying they're going to waltz towards the sunset with some heavy pots of gold. Yeah, yeah, I think they're gone. I think they're just waiting for the right the right offer. But as he said, Jorgen Jorgen doesn't know everything. We love Jorgen Klopp. He's our God. But to them multi billionaires, Jorgen's not an easy employee. They're not telling him everything. So there's only certain things Jorgen can say as well. He can't he can't come out and say probably half of what he thinks. And when he did say that a few weeks ago he probably believes it, you know. Um but it's it's gone on too long now. There's too many things happening. There's too many player people leaving the club. There's too many, you know, started with Edwards leaving, which I understand because I think if you're, I've said this before, if you're Edwards and you're there making deals and signing players and you're not being allowed to sign players, you're going to get browned off in your job. But he's leaving. Your man Graham is leaving. This, you know, our medical departments shambles. No doctor for six months. There's too much going on behind the scenes that they're and they're only the few bits we know about. So, what does Jorgen know? What does the backroom team know? What does the players know? You know, just there's too much going on. I just think, as I said already, a year or two years ago, FSG have checked out, and I think too many people behind the scenes have seen that because if I even said it to my son a while ago, oh, these lads leaving. Even after it was announced we were up for sale, there was lads leaving. And you think, who leaves a job and there's new owners coming in? You know, like us, mere mortals would wait, think you might get a redundancy or a package. These guys are just leaving. So there's something something not right. There's something going on that we don't even know about. Um, you know, like Klopp, Klopp's, he's caught in the middle. What can he say? Rotten to the core, isn't it, Alan? Yeah, 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 there's something. If this is if this is Man United, we'd be delighted to be laughing at them. It's, it's just something going on. Like I said, I think I said it on your show here on three weeks before it was announced that they were for sale. I thought they were going to be for sale. And, and that's the reason, because of all these things I've seen over the last year or so, people leaving, no investment. Uh, to me, it was just obvious that I've seen it all before over my life. Yeah, but, but you know, but where do we... Where do we go from here? I mean, I'm going to talk about the football. I made a chronological things about all the the stuff that happened. That's what that's the title of my document. Stuff that happened in this match. It started off for the first ninety seconds. Um, apart from Henderson, of course, which I mentioned before. Um, there was on one minute thirty, more or less. There was some lovely pressing. Andy Robertson, Tiago, and Chamberlain combined to cause panic in Brighton's back line. And I was thinking, oh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we're going to have one of these games. But no, a false dawn, an absolutely false dawn, the most false dawn since that, uh, um, what do you call that Mexican doll? A piñata was made of Lenny Henry's wife. Um, so on the on two minutes 40, there was a free kick to Brighton at the edge on the edge of our on the edge of our box it wasn't a foul Lenano was just touched and he threw himself to the ground like the old pro he was knowing that the pgmol numpties would give him the foul foul was given and um it was fairly well defended it was uh fabinho got that one away it was a corner um 
and then um on six minutes brighton just they already had complete control of the match they were flicked it around chamberlain as was they did lots of flicks in midfield into the space behind one touch flicks that they'd obviously been working on in training an obvious tactic against liverpool without the positioning of our midfielders and that's something that i want to ask you about jack the the positioning i noticed in the second half for example liverpool were playing um 4-1-5 formation without the ball and in his pre-match press conference jürgen mentioned about how liverpool haven't been winning the ball high up the pitch which leads to these big spaces that opposition teams can attack because we haven't been winning the ball when we press but today in this 4-1-5 formation you can see it several times in the second half i wasn't really paying that much attention in the first half we weren't even pressing and it's like how can you win the ball if you've got three people around the the, the brighton defender and none of them are going for their life going like the clappers to try and win it they're standing off it makes no sense as Klopp would say himself um what do you reckon jack we've lambasted and we've joked about manchester united for the best part of 10 years on me uh, as well that's a characteristic that we've seen especially with chelsea managers in the past they've very much thrown a plenty of managers under the bus and as we've already discussed that sounds a little football club sport it's not good at liverpool football club even at our dark moments, even at Baffer's not-so-positive moments, he still had a football side that was actually trying and running and had players. And people will go, yes, the, the seven years prior to Jürgen Klopp, but these players have massively let them down, mate. Regardless of whatever formation put out, we put out tonight, uh, last night, sorry, about tonight, yeah, was he getting that bloody mixed up with me days? It feels like an eternity <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, since, uh, we're all, since uh, you know, since kickoff. Yeah, we're, we're trapped in a Paolo universe. Uh, ideally, another universe. We've actually got a decent midfield. Um, <laughs> and we won this game 5 1. Uh, yeah, it's regardless, as I said, square pegs in round dolls. I think it is a relation. Basic fundamental principles of we've played Sunday League or we, have, we played in the park as kids or whatnot. All of us have played a bit of football, five aside, whatnot. As bad as I play, yeah. yeah well, can't even play. <laughs> but if you're not pressing, there's going to be nothing. And every Liverpool fan knows this. Our systematic changes were so fundamentally. If Liverpool don't press, and we've been saying this all season, the hallmarks were there against Fulham five minutes into the season. If the midfield's not pressing, Liverpool are very disjointed. You've got one or two players pressing here and there. It's, it's not going to work, mate. And you've got and especially when you're bringing in players as well, I think this go correlates to tactical sense as well. When you're bringing in a likes of Nunes, a different way of playing, he's very used to a certain style of Benfica. Gakpo's coming in now. He's he's trying to find his feet. We're going to be looking at, hopefully in the next two years, we actually source our midfield house. There's going to be a very long transition. Um, whoever you bring in that midfield, middle of the park, whatever way Liverpool go in the future, if it's a different system, different functionality, the way Liverpool play and sound. We know when Thiago come in, it was potentially Liverpool transitioning away from a, a, a pressing to a more conventional possession-based football, as we know. In the big moments, Thiago would slice 
he's a knife through butter against top elite sides. And we've seen that in the Champions League final against Real Madrid. Liverpool dominates quite large portions of that game. But it's when you've got players and when the, our midfield, like today, mate, regardless of it, it was Brighton. We've seen it against Wolves a couple of, couple of days ago. We're going to see it in a couple of days as well in the future because nothing's going to change because it's the same players. They need help, as we've said already tonight. But, yeah, we're going to get swamped against Wolves and we're going to get swamped for the majority of this season, mate, because those players are not they might be taking on the instructions but quite frankly they're not doing what they've been doing very well for the best part of the last five years under Jürgen. but that, that's it i mean it's a really good answer um regarding tiago i mean it's it's obvious from 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 the start when when we signed him we were talking about um how he needs two energetic midfielders around him because his legs aren't there um and you know, today he's playing in the in the midfield with Fabinho and Henderson, who and no, no, none of them have got legs. And someone said on the Anfield rap, very good comment that if you had Thiago plus two young guys, like you mentioned, Lalana before, Lalana was very good today because he had Caicedo and McAllister behind it. They were absolutely sensational today. We need to give a, you know, hats off to them because they were absolutely brilliant. And Solly March as well, two goals, an obvious one. But, you know, it, the reason why they had such good games is because we just cannot compete in in, in those areas. Um, after seven minutes and 26 seconds with Brighton fully in control of the game, it was off the line. It was very easy passing through where Fabinho and Oxford chamberlain were supposed to be covering territory. I don't know what they were supposed to be doing. They were sort of, you know, lamp posts in midfields. Um, Solly March cut inside and easily got the shot off, and it was absolutely tremendous clearance by Trent. Um, and then um, 48 seconds later, it was a corner uh, from the corner, sorry, from, from that clearance. Um, it was a free header for McAllister, and it's one of those details that will probably be forgotten by lots of people. Uh, McAllister beat Fabinho to the ball. There was no one else around, and luckily it was a very weak header. Um, Trent did something else good on, on nine minutes and 14, 14 seconds with a long ball along the floor to Gakpo, but it was very well defended by Dunk. And Gakpo, I want to talk about because I thought it was very underwhelming today, Alan. Uh, I mentioned before about playing this 4-1-5 formation, which is how Klopp likes to play. Involved in that, you need an attacker who, who, who like Sadio Mane, for example, goes hell for leather to win the ball back. He wasn't going hell for leather. He wasn't going purgatory for a piece of cotton. Um, what do you reckon, Alan, to uh, Gakpo today? Yeah, I was very disappointed in him, to be fair. Um, like you said, he's. I, I feel sorry for him too, because like, what he's come into. Like, you know, like you said earlier on, the midfield has just been bypassed. So I feel sorry for him, but he didn't have a great game. He, um, you hit the nail on the head there minutes ago. Sadio Mane is the type of player that would win us those games today, or at least keep us in it. Um, he was very old and Ronald today. I don't want to pick on him either because you know he's coming into a bad, bad form in the team and stuff. But um, again, I just go back to why we spent thirty-five million on him when we need midfielders. You know, it's nothing yeah. against him, nothing against him or anything, but it's hard to pick on him and. And the midfield's just been overrun. It's just shocking. Um, like, sorry to go back there a little bit there, but to the way you're saying about our 
uh, that pressing in the beginning of the game. You're dead right. That was the best bit of pressing for the first two minutes or so I've seen us do all season. But like then we haven't got to midfield for it, like you said. But why haven't we got to midfield for it? Because this is the way we've played under Klopp since day one. So again, we're going back to why these players are not there. What's well, um, interesting, yeah, at the start of this uh, this podcast or this episode, we t- um, Graham Rogers in the chat asked the question: Had we won the quadruple, as perhaps we should have done, I wonder if we would still be playing this badly. If we would be playing this badly now, it's an interesting point because maybe it yeah. is partly confidence, but it's also that the, the, the you know the lack of options. In the past that we haven't signed, you know, um, Statman, what's his name? Statman Steve? Yeah, Statman Stubbs. Stubbs, excuse me. Yeah, Statman Stubbs. Yeah, he was saying that um, we've we've signed one midfielder in the last nine transfer windows. And that was Thiago, 29-year-old. And he's discounting Arthur Mello, as everyone should. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just the fact that we've 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 run them into the ground now, Alan. No? Yeah, yeah, and like Thi- like you said already, there Thiago is 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 your he's your um your Lexus type of player. Like you're you're bringing him in, he's he's the player to to do things special for you. Like, but he's he's our best midfielder this season so far with tackling and running and stuff. Also, he's injury prone. So what are, what will we do now if he gets injured? You know, he's played so many games this season that we haven't seen him do before. And the other thing I noticed today as well, which pissed me off, was, you know, the goal we gave away against um, Wolves where Thiago, um, Alisson, who we love, hit the ball out to Thiago. Thiago lost it and Wolves scored. Five or six minutes into the game today, they were doing the same thing. Alisson was hitting the ball out to Thiago, who was running at our goal. He's been his back facing our goal, getting the ball with two or three players marking them. And it's an obvious tactic that's obviously been practiced. Like, So why are you putting that pressure on Thiago in that position? So I, I don't know. I just, I'm just i going to start waffling on now if you don't stop me because it's, <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's just... <laughs> it's we, just <laughs> we still got time but to waffle as much as we like. We can waffle like a Belgian on holiday. Uh, but... Um, no, it's it's uh, it's very interesting. I want to talk about all all of these things. I mean, there's so much to to dissect from this carcass. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's you could argue that Allison playing Matip led to their led to their goal, the first goal. Um, Matip like sort of nervously passing to to them instead of Henderson. Even if he'd made the pass to Henderson, Henderson would have been really under pressure anyway. Um, very, very bad, very just very bad play. <laughs> so much of it. Don't again, the comments. Go on. Sorry, again, to go back to, to Sadio Mane there. Uh, last year, Alison would have hit a long ball up to Sadio and he would have battled for it, you know, a few of those occasions. Yeah. Not, not, every, not yeah. every time, but we don't have that option up there now with it. Yeah, you know. and Virgil being out with the big switch from the back as well. We yes. missed yeah, it. absolutely. Um, Doug, uh, from the dugout football channel hello douglas absolutely wonderful you're here uh he says um he can only say that that was the worst game of the clop era and i asked him in the comments if it was worse than villa 7-2 and he said that was on adrian whereas today we looked like a team that had just met for the first time um yes we we you know looked like a team of i don't know bingo players that had just met for the first time um oh. Klopp, sorry, Owen Klopp said that in his interview as well after the game. That's the worst performance okay. he's, he's he's ever seen, he's ever had. I think we've been lucky not to be hammered like that before 
Um, but yeah, there was in terms of the press, I mean, it came back in the second half a little bit when we had made the four substitutions. 65 minutes, something like that. Well, I've got the, you know, the the um, I've got a note here. Yeah, on the 65th minute, the subs were still not on. It was the 67th minute. Imagine that, Jack. Imagine sitting there watching the same game that we were watching and not making a sub until the 67th minute. Um, I don't know. Have they has Pep Linders, because he's the one to blame these days, has he slipped something in Jurgen's tea? Has he slipped some night nurse in his tea? I was I was going to ask you there, mate, as well, in terms of when you, you and Alan and, and Chuck, you won't get any comments in. Go on, you're around here. Make sure you subscribe to Owen on YouTube and all the socials as well. Cop on podcast. Is uh yeah, it's when you were mentioning Alison there, mate. We all know how reassured Alison Becker is, usually has been in his Liverpool career. What's dramatically changed? I get when you take out Virgil van Dijk as a centre half, of course, the presence in which he offers to the team. But systematically, fundamentally, surely something must be happening in training and this season because, yeah, you can get teams potentially would have worked out a system of play and a blueprint to play against Liverpool. But that's where they're there, Jürgen Klopp and the people around Jürgen Klopp. That's their opportunity to... Surely they haven't just got a one plan B. Uh, well, one plan A. And then they haven't got a plan B, plan C, plan, plan B and D. Like, systematically, surely Liverpool have different patterns of play. I'm not buying into this notion that as a football club, we only have one way of playing and we don't change it. But of course, as we've already alluded to, systematically that comes down to having the players off the bench today, Owen, and bringing it back to what you said. I'd be over for start Wolves and post Wolves. Start playing some of these young lads because they actually give a damn. Like Christ, I wasn't, I was very young. I was about five or six when Owen broke into that team. As a youngster in 2000, the early 2000s, Michael the, Owen, not, yeah, not Mike, me. Uh, Michael Owen, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you'd probably be better playing up front for the Liverpool this race, right? <laughs> um, not sure, yeah, it's yeah, systematically when you look at the and Owen breaking through at that young age, you look at Ben Dower, who I'd played him, mate, at the end of the day, this Liverpool team massively misses out legs. And I know it could be drastic and go, oh, you can't be playing the kids. But what the kids do have is legs and they have desire. I think certain players in this team have become far too comfortable. And that's all I can put it down to, mate, that performance today and that, that performance this season. I think far too many players have become far too content of being at Liverpool Football Club. And like the great Ferguson teams, Guardiola as well. Klopp's teams in a certain management careers, and we've already alluded to this. Certain moments, Jürgen Klopp has become far too loyal, but that stems from what I've just said. These players have massively let them down. Um, and you've got Alisson making match decisions. You've got Ibu Kanate. He was the man of the match in the Champions League final. Ibu's not a bad defender. He's making mistakes. Even massive trees. Joel Massive, probably one of the most reliable centre-halves in the whole of Europe when he's fully fit. You've got him coming out of his system, being dragged out. It's like, but it all fundamentally comes down to it. If you've any level of football, round world football, if you've not got a midfield that has got legs, that has got quality, you will get absolutely destroyed. And I'm looking at Real Madrid game now when you look at like Casemiro, Cruz, Valverde, Camavinga. <laughs> 
I know we only got beat 1-0 by them a couple of months ago in the final, but there's going to be two minute, two ninety minute football. But that's the funny thing. We probably will beat Real Madrid boys, won't it? <laughs> and it's going to be like, oh, I wish I could. It's going to be, oh, it's going to be like, and that's probably me being too positive. But that's <laughs> a, yeah. But if, if worst comes to worst, you are probably the whole world football will two of the biggest teams in European football, two biggest teams in world football. It'll be all out there and it's all out on on show. In reality, how poor Liverpool had been this season. FSG still have time to make that game competitive by buying some midfielders between the ages of 21 and 27 who can still run for 90 minutes, who can run and who can tackle. We need that so badly and so obviously. It's, it's, it's completely crazy. It's like the man you know, crawling to your front door when you live in the desert of Arizona and his face is all covered in sand and his lips are all parched and he's been burnt by the sun. And what do you do? You ask him, I don't know, what, you want a pizza? Before you ask him for if he wants some water. It's obvious, give the guy some water. Um, so that substitutions, the four of them, Gomez, Harvey, Nabilad and Ben Doak or Doak, came on in the 67th minute and in the 71st minute i put in capital letters the high press works again so from one minute 30 to 71 minutes the high press didn't work (laughs) 70 minutes we didn't win the ball back it's so depressing but anyway we, we we got it we got the won the ball high for once in 71 minutes cater passed to Gakpo whose cross was poor then one minute later Brighton were toying with our press again uh, because Gakpo wasn't pressing at all and then one minute after that we won it lo and behold we won it again high up the pitch two minutes later another good high press I think we can do it. We just need people who can run. We need Naby Lad on the field. We need Ben Doak on the field. He was he was manfully. He played manfully, even though he's not legally a man yet. Um, yeah, and then uh, you know, but then you know, Solly March, long ball to Mitoma in tons of space. You know, there was always that, always the spaces behind us if it if we don't win the ball. And this stat is uh, absolutely horrific that I'll give you in a moment. But before I go into a stat, I want to get into some of these comments. Damien's in the comments. Damien Smart's lovely to have you have you with us. He said, let's remember, as good as last season was, we were woeful for the first two months of the season and we were lucky in both the final wins. I think you mean the first two months of the season or do you mean the last two months of the season? I thought the last two months we were pretty good. But okay. He says anyone with eyes could see our midfield was looking cooked as far back as 18 months ago. You're absolutely right. Alan is nodding along with that comment. Absolutely. Um, And he also says it's the worst I've ever seen Hendo. And as much as I love him, he should have been a bench player for 18 months or more. Yes, agreed. A bench player or with two midfielders with legs around him. He could play that progressive passing that he's good at. Um, and Damien also says, how did Lalana look 22 and Hendo 202? Um, and that's because of the midfield around him and everyone playing badly. Uh, Gary Richards is in the chat. Lovely to have you with us. He said we need brain surgery earlier, which is absolutely right. Um, 
the, he, he misses the gig in pressing, don't we all? And he says, playing a counter-attacking game might help. Yes, it might, like Jack was saying before. Changing the tactics up because it's just like, you know, if you're, you know, you, you, you've got five lemmings and four of them have jumped off the cliff, are you going to let the fifth one out? I don't know. Lovely to have everybody with us. Thank you all for your comments. Um, the stat, Jack, the stat that I heard in my commentary was that Liverpool last season, at the same point last season, had 15 more away goals than we do now. Oh. Um, is that a lack of confidence, a lack of team spirit, like we were mentioning before? Maybe there's something going on behind the scenes. I don't know, we're travelling away and we're not scoring goals as well as leaving all the space to attack us. Football, as we know, can be a very simple game. Results can massively mask over certain situations and certain clubs. But before I even done all my videos tonight, mate, and probably like a lot of us who've been to my dad, just coming from work, and he was like, how did we play? And I said, Salah's been off the wheel for the, what, the last 12 months since he's come back from AFCON. Um, Sadio Mane very much spearheaded Liverpool for the back end of last season, along with Alison Becker and a couple of the odd players there and there as well. But Mohamed Salah, he's not above criticism. We know how good he has been, and Lord behold, where would Liverpool be without him and Alison Becker and the Van Dykes? And of course, the, the big key players that have been very successful. But fundamentally, footballing principles, if you're not scoring goals, you're then a we can lose in many games and Liverpool at the end of the day when we're getting into the right areas or the one or two moments within certain games this season we've not put the ball in the back of the net and if you're not doing that football is a very simple game you don't know and you as we've seen with Brighton tonight again like many other teams this season they take their opportunities go up the other end and, and score and are very much regain the momentum within a game yeah, it's Salah needs to, since he's got that contract, I think he's gone on as Lila or like he's. I think a lot of people criticise the Bamiang, um, but I think Mohamed Mo is, is very much. We're looking for leaders tonight, lads, as well, and everyone listening. We know Salah can be that leader. I think when push comes to shove, he needs to, not just him, but we spoke about Gakpo and certain players. Yes, you can talk about injuries, but the players currently should be doing a lot more better. In all honesty, uh, and that comes to back to tactically as well, Owen and Alan and everyone listening. We've seen so many times this season, Salah's been far too out wide, right? I don't know if that's a tactical, as we spoke about before, when you got Alisson making decisions. That systematic, systematically comes down to tactics. He's been getting instructed, even if we as fans, we can see it at home or even go in the game. Mo's a big lad. Surely if push comes to shove, he'll go, right, I'm just going to go a bit more further through the middle. That is a tactical instruction that he has been getting absolutely isolated in quite a large majority of these games, mate. Uh, totally. Um, Alan, what do you make of Mo Salah? I mean, he had one shot, one key pass, um, 81% passing accuracy, but he only had 39 touches of the ball. Who scored gave him 5.76 out of 10. Um, is that a problem or is it just the fact that we're not getting him the ball in dangerous situations? Yeah, I think I, I think it's I think Jack has great points there about it, like especially at the beginning of the season, as we did say he was for some reason we changed tactics completely and had him on the running along the sideline. But it's hard it's hard to blame 
it's hard to blame anyone up forward when the service is not coming from the midfield. Like we all know, Mo's not the best tackler, even though he goes back and does his best. Uh, again, I'll bring it back to something wrong with the club. You know, Mo signed that contract. Um, I don't know if FSG eventually gave him the money to stay because they wanted him for the club to sell on or to sell him on. He's on a long-term contract. Sell him on again to buy more players. But um, as I say, we don't know what's going on behind the scene. But he's not getting the the, the balls. He's not getting the the goals we're used to him getting. But because the whole team is playing bad, it's it's hard to it's hard to you know pick him out exactly. But I I would be putting them in front of in goals. I'd be putting them in the center right in front of the keeper sometimes just because of who he is. You know that players are afraid of him. He has he has that um, bit of X factor about him at some stages. But it's like we we're saying earlier on about Gakpo. It's hard it's hard to perform in a team that's you're not getting the supply. You're not getting the service. Um, lots of Mo's goals came from our. As we keep going on about it, sorry, but came from our midfield, winning them balls, you know, pressing, winning the ball, quick ball through, Salah gets on it, scores or passes. So, so it's very hard to criticise him, but it's hard not to um, think about, yeah, like Obama and got the big contract. I, I, personally, I don't see it. I just don't think it's in his character. With, I think with that, he's spot on, Alan. It's even probably nature, though, isn't it, mate? I think, I think all of us will become a bit too True. comfortable, I think. Joe, when you're so used to winning or like complacency is very much set in from probably a large portion, especially at the board level this season, complacency of, oh, we've got Jürgen, we've got these players. But I, we, I've spoken to you well and I know in plenty of times a season. As a, and that probably goes to my point in terms of when I mentioned something's rotten to the core. I think this is fundamentally goes back as far as when Sadio Mane left the football club for me, mate. It, I, yes. I, I think internally there might have been a massive discord or massive a certain players in that dressing room looking at Salah going, oh, I deserve that money. And then the other half going, oh, I'm on the side of Mane. For me, I would have loved both. I think all of us would have loved him, Firmino, Mane and Salah, all three of them, to retire at Liverpool Football Club. We should have given them a contract to life and built round them, obviously phased them in and out in certain games and built round them. I think that, for me, I don't know how you feel, lads. Uh, I think this can go back as far as Sadio Mane. The manner and way, it was very strange. He was giving out gifts. I know that's Sadio's characteristics and what he values as a human as well. He fits so well with Liverpool. Um, I love Mane. I've got him on my bloody back of my shirt. He was my probably favourite player. And I, at that time, I was saying, for me personally, I would have rather have give Mane the contract over Salah for me. Yeah, I agree with you um, uh, a lot there, Jack. Yeah, um, and I think uh, I think I see my, my sister Olive. Hello, Olive is in the chat there. An Arsenal fan. Hi, Olive. Great to have uh, you with us. Yeah, yeah, Olive said to me last season when uh, when Mane went, um, she's very knowledgeable about football. She said, "When Nana, Mane goes, your front line is going to fall apart." And I was thinking, "Ah, no, you know." But <laughs> hands up, sis, you were right. Um, we're missing them big time. Oh, hopefully you've got the solutions as well, Olive. So please let us know uh, how the hell we can get out of this pickle. But uh, no, it's uh, it's great to have you with us. Great to have everybody with us. We're not. We're gonna. We're gonna wrap it up. We've been on for an hour and twenty minutes. We've just seen so much to talk about. So many, um, you know, miserable things as well as uh, you know. But try. Let's try and keep our heads up. It's only football. At the end of the day, it's not important. But. We are emotionally invested and, you know, we're, we've been blessed to have the incredible highs 
of the last few years and now we've got just gonna take the loads because of all of these factors we've been talking about that have contributed to our down downfall so far but we're still above chelsea and we're still above everton which is um it's something that i can never tire of watching um i mean it is brilliant they were one nil up at half time and they lost two one to southampton oh deep in the mire but uh you know that's uh that's it's like an aside it's like a little you know thank you everton for continuing to amuse us even in our darkest hours um uh but uh yeah for the for the future we'll just have to wait and see what happens um fsg would be absolute nincompoops to not do anything now um the writing is not just on the wall it's in neon and it's flashing and everyone can see it uh thank you very much jack from anfield road tv what's going on at anfield road tv this week have you got any 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 plans any rants any any vitriol any fsg out debates going on you know me owen and alan you know me for a long time and that's not my style but even today i was very negative and i said i don't think any of us are going to be naive we can all see the issues and the the crux of the issues certain issues but thank you very much Owen, for having me on alan i hope you have a, a lovely rest of your weekend as well mate and and everyone listening as i said we just got to get behind jürgen klopp get behind the football club as well and we know the issues hopefully hendo speaks up he will be doing and uh, obviously the senior players in that team because they know the standards like trends every single one of them they know their standards and hopefully this season there's 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 got to be answers there's got to be answers to our questions that we've all discussed tonight maple thank you very much for having me on mate yeah i'll be doing i've got i've, I've ventured into tick the world of TikTok. so uh that's anfield road tv uh, a lot more shorter form content on that and a bit of youtube as well don't we post-match and uh, I very much get both of these lads on this week as well for uh, more shows. But uh, cheers, mate, for having me on. Appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Yeah. So if you're on, if you're on the TikTok, then do give Anvil Road TV a follow. Uh, all of the listeners out there and all the viewers, thank you very much for being with us. Alan, do you have any final thoughts? Anything else you would like to say? You're going to go to bed and you know toss and turn about Danny Wilbeck scoring from a freaking header, which we didn't even get a chance to complain about. Yeah, I suppose two little things. First of all, we were that bad today. We made Danny Welbeck look brilliant. And second of all, at this final second, second of our podcast, I think it's a good time to point out Liverpool got the first corner today on 91 minutes. Oh, so, <laughs> on that course, happy note. <laughs> yeah, I mean, did I say header? Welbeck scored from a header. He scored from a throw-in is what I meant to say. Yeah. And the header flick on. Yeah, it's so much, so many depressing yeah. things causing your nightmares. Um, everyone dim the lights okay put something else on um you know some other some other way of lulling you to it to it to a nice sleep okay think happy thoughts Um, we will be back go on i'm sorry there owen the best remedy um for all of us is the champions league second leg mate against barca that always cheers me up Oh, good. Yeah. And we've got that, another that one coming is, against Real yeah. Madrid. Um, uh, in, even in, in our, like, with hope in your heart, as we know, you never walk alone. Walk on, walk on with hope. That's what Liverpool Football Club, as we know, always stands for. And that's what all of us will always continue to have in this football club and in Jürgen Klopp as well. And in, 
as every single Red Bull. Yeah, sorry, well, well said, Jack. <laughs> yeah. no, that's beautiful. Well done. Well said. And on that note, thank you, really, thank you to everybody. Bye bye. Thank you. <laughs>